This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. exhausted again yet? Yeah, it's Tuesday and yeah. It's been here less than 48 hours and we're already exhausted. Happy New Year and welcome back to Political Theater. I'm Jason Dick. You know, the beginning of January can be a fairly slow time for Congress, especially during an election year like we have in front of us. Uh, That is not apparently going to be the case for 2020. The House impeachment of President Donald Trump uh, and a subsequent Senate trial, whenever that happens, along with an escalating tension and possible war with Iran, well, it's kind of created a bit of an atmosphere of high drama. To take the theater metaphor perhaps a little further than it needs to, but here goes, uh, the House impeachment was an opera. None of the actors left any doubt as to their roles, and the melodrama and the histrionics just flowed. And the Senate, at this point, uh, it's really kind of the theater of the absurd. No one seems to know what's going on, uh, and the players are clinging to bits of narrative that they hope add up to something. Let's call it waiting for Pelosi, with apologies to Samuel Beckett. So on the first full day that members of Congress returned from their break, we at Political Theater went to the Hill for one of the Capitol's most sacrosanct rituals, Senators' Tuesday policy lunches. This is a time when reporters can catch senators as they move back and forth from their offices to the Capitol, buttonholing them on the issues of the day, especially their pet issues. They can be pretty chatty, uh, whether it's in the more formal setting of the press conferences that Republican and Democratic leaders host in the Ohio Clock Corridor right after everyone finishes their meals. Here's Senator Mitch McConnell, the majority leader. I think some of you already written this, but I wanted to make sure you understood that we have the votes uh, once the impeachment trial has begun to pass a resolution essentially the same, very similar to the 100 to nothing vote in the Clinton uh, trial, which sets up, as you may recall, what could best be described as maybe a phase one. And here's Chuck Schumer, his counterpart across the aisle, the Democratic leader. The question looms. Will senators stand up for a fair trial, a fair trial with witnesses and documents. There are also more informal run-ins in the hallways and in the Senate subway, where the rank-and-file senators must thread the throngs of annoying journalists like us who are eager to know what's going on. Producer Evan Campbell and I tagged along with CQ Roll Call's senior Senate reporter Niels Lesniewski. Why here? Why do we typically wait around here? To get from the two or three office buildings. The rest of the building, the Dirksen building, and the Hart building. This is where the funnel lets out. So all of the various different directions you can get to from all the office buildings land you here. And so this is like the central intake point for everyone coming and going from the Capitol, from the Senate side, at least when the weather's not great. So it's cold, it's the winter, there's snow coming, so everyone will be coming through the uh, underground passageways. 
When does the uh, chaos start? Two? Uh, what, about 20 minutes? I'll say 1.50. Well, I'll be here until about 2 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, at this point, and then we'll wander upstairs, and then may wander upstairs, depending on how... Um, depending on how fruitful it is when the first wave of people leave. So, so, you, so you know where we are and how the, the story is morphing. Um, according to two officials, because that's how we do citations these days, the Washington Post says that according to two officials, McConnell is telling people, telling his Republicans at lunch that he would have the votes to proceed without witnesses. We found that another comforting aspect of senators' lives had basically been unexpectedly disrupted, and they were not particularly happy about it. Senator Roberts? Yep. Do you have any uh, better sense of how the uh, impeachment trial at least might start uh, coming out of that lunch? Nope. No. Still waiting on the speaker, or? I don't know. Sooner or later, the leadership on all four sides have uh, got to come together for the process. And uh, that really is between Schumer and Mitch, uh, Chuck and Mitch. That was Kansas Republican Pat Roberts. He's a pretty loyal soldier for Mitch McConnell, and he's a veteran of a lot of partisan battles, including the impeachment trial of President Bill Clinton back in 1999. He's also got a pretty quick wit, but that didn't mean that some of his patients wasn't wearing thin. He really seemed to say he just wants Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer to get in the room and get this thing done. As chaotic as the Senate can seem sometimes, it is a highly regimented and rule-abiding place, and senators dig that. But with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi delaying when she sends these articles of impeachment, senators don't have control of their schedules, and they do not like that. As we spoke with several of them, you could pick up several signs that they're ready to get this show on the road. Do you have any sense of how the, the Senate may tackle the voting on the War Powers Resolution in the impeachment, whether or not one gets trumped by the other, or how that all... Well, the War Powers isn't a, a, a constitutionally prescribed process. So it just depends on when the articles of impeachment show up um, versus a privileged resolution in the Senate, which is a war power. That's North Carolina Republican Richard Burr. You can tell it's him because of the bustle of aides and reporters always trailing him. He's the Intelligence Committee chairman, so he's privy to a lot of sensitive information, like about, say, Iran. You can also tell it's him because he never wears socks. And that's something that becomes obvious as he descends the subway escalator. And it's even the case on a day like today when it's snowing outside. Then there was Jim Risch, the Idaho Republican who leads the Foreign Relations Committee. He has a lot on his plate, also with the Iran situation. And he offered his take on what was going on with impeachment by citing the Constitution. Again, with the rules. Would the, would the impeachment uh, trial being underway cause some sort of procedural problem for dealing with that vote if it's already started? It would. Can you speak a little more about that? Well, the, the, the process uh, by which the Senate operates is differently once you get into impeachment mode. The Constitution takes over and uh, our rules uh, are uh, overtaken by the Constitution. The Constitution says how you operate and... Uh, uh, it's, it's very restrictive as, to, as far as what you can and what you can't do. Senator Richard Shelby is among the more talkative senators. 
The veteran Alabama Republican likes to jaw with reporters. He's got a shtick that he kind of settles into as he approaches a gaggle of reporters, exchanging some niceties, some lighthearted banter. And then he starts talking about his big issue, which is spending. He's the Appropriations Committee chairman. But even he got caught up in some of the impeachment stuff, and we really pressed him on it. You ready to go ahead on impeachment? Uh, oh, yeah, we were ready. I went through it before. You covered it. You, you were seasoning it for me. <laughs> I think he's calling it old, But it looks, I, I don't wait and see and listen to the evidence, and that's what I'm supposed to do. You and I did witnesses? before. Uh, I, I, I don't know why we need any witnesses in the House. Uh, they, they're supposed to handle all that. I think they've got a weak hand. I, just anecdotally, what I see, what I read, what you, all, you guys write about. And, um, but let's see what they, they present. Let's see if the speaker sends uh, articles over the resolution. I hope she will and let us get started and move on. And then there was Chris Murphy, the Connecticut Democrat who is among the president's harshest critics, whether it's on impeachment or on the conflict with Iran. He was honest enough to lay out just how confusing things were. Is there any sense of how, like mechanically, if the impeachment uh, articles arrive, that takes precedence over everything else, even more powers? We're trying to figure that out, right? So um, it may, yeah, it may, and it may take, you know, 50 votes, 51 votes to allow other action to come before the, the Senate. I don't know, maybe that Senator McConnell's going to do the impeachment trial in two and a half days, and we'll have plenty of time afterwards for lots of things like the Iran resolution. Even with the issues as big as this, Neil says it was still just another day, everyone just doing their jobs. Is there like a sense of like excitement about impeachment or is it just business as usual? For those of us who, uh, you know, it feels very business as usual. It feels this... Um, there's a lot going on, uh, but it doesn't feel that unusual. Uh, things seem to be going according to the normal pace, uh, really, at the moment. So far, this is about how we expect things to go. So there you have it, a day in a confusing life. Even by the more recent standards of the Trump era, the new year is off to a particularly chaotic start. Just ask any senator. We did. They're ready for some answers, a schedule, some structure, ready to wrap up this review of the theater of the absurd, ready to move on to what some may say is the kabuki theater of an impeachment trial. Political Theater is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is owned by Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company.